From our studios in North Florida, it's in black and white. And now your host, the baby-faced assassin of freedom, Jerry Brooks. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, patriots of all ages, welcome to In Black and Right, the new definition of color commentary. I am the baby-faced assassin of freedom, Jerry Brooks, also your host, and tour guide through the incredibly wackadoodle world of Joe Biden's America. And as another reminder, we are 27 days away from the big one, November the 8th. And yes, it is the most consequential midterm of my lifetime and probably for other people. But we've got some interesting uh, news out of Pennsylvania for you folks. Uh, But before we get into that, I just want to let you know if you want to get a hold of us, just send us an email at inblackandright at gmail.com. You can also visit our website in blackandright.net. We've got, uh, we're going to be doing a lot of coverage uh, between now and election day. We're, we're right now going to be doing uh, six days a week instead of five days a week of podcasts. And that's going to be a lot of work, folks, but it's worth it because On November 8th, we finally get to figure out, are we ready to take our country back, or do we just simply roll over like a puppy wanting a belly rub? I prefer to believe uh, in the former, not the latter. So, So, here we go, folks. Pardon me. Out of Pennsylvania, two interesting stories. Very interesting stories. Now... This one comes from Just the News, and the headline, After chaotic 2020 process, Pennsylvania still won't have midterm results on the day of the election. Okay, could we possibly say the cheat is on again? And and a very important stake like Pennsylvania? So, Doug Mastriano and Dr. Oz... You need to be watching these folks like a hawk in Philadelphia, in Pittsburgh, because they're going to try something again. I've been telling people, do not be the least bit surprised if there's going to be some kind of cheating going on for the midterms, and especially in an important state like Pennsylvania. But I want, but part of the story is the acting Secretary of State, Lee Chapman, is saying that state officials are anticipating that, and I quote, that once again Pennsylvania will not have unofficial results on election night. Okay. And, and Chapman apparently is pointing to Act 88, which was passed earlier this year, which directed counties to pre canvas mail in ballots starting at 7 a.m. on election day and continuously count mail-in ballots starting at the close of the polls. Now, folks, uh, haven't we kind of figuring this out that mail-in ballots are kind of the last refuge of our our, our scoundrel Democrats trying to steal important elections? I mean... Like I said, in Pennsylvania, uh, the Mastriano campaign, the Oz campaign, 
Y'all need a whole bunch of eyes out there watching them like a hawk with the counting. Now, with this whole mail-in ballot thing, I mean, it is 2020 all over again. You know, they'll find out how many more they need to flip the uh, to flip the results. Uh-uh. No, 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 Pennsylvania. Bad dogs. You've already got a bad rep what you did in Philadelphia. You also defied not one but two court orders. And y'all thought it was all cool. Because you think you know it all, and it's like, oh, we don't care about the U.S. Supreme Court. Okay. Now, this is exactly why Pennsylvania is that important, because it just, I just have a feeling that there is just too much of an opportunity to cheat with the mail-in ballots, with drop boxes, with whatever. This is why the RNC needs to be watching Pennsylvania like a hawk because their election laws are still goofy. Still goofy. I'm like, oh my gosh. Uh, pre-cal. <laughs> Pennsylvania, stay sharp, stay awake, because they are coming. They're going to try it. And also make sure you're voting on election day. Because they're going to try to find out how many votes they're going to need to steal the election from Mastriano and Oz and other candidates. That is, I'm just going to say it out loud. I, I'm not going to do the quiet part because there really is no quiet part. And if you want to call me an election denier, you can, but you're going to be a fool. And you can't prove it either because... If you still believe that but Joe Biden somehow got 81 million votes, then you are a freaking moron or you're just a straight-up liar. So deal with that. But especially now we're, we're talking about Pennsylvania. Now, John Fetterman, who is running for the U.S. Senate against Dr. Oz, this just says a lot to me that's not very good. Now, this MSLSD reporter, Dasha Burns, was talking about uh, her experience interviewing Fetterman, but it wasn't what he said on camera, it was what happened before they even got the interview started and even put whatever parts on the air. Now, this is another story from today that's just uh from just the news but this talks about the interview and the msnbc reporter and just a couple of these uh interesting little parts now from the story reporter dasha burns told msnbc's katie tour on tuesday that a recent interview she conducted with Fetterman indicated that the candidate, currently serving as Lieutenant Governor of Pennsylvania, quote, has a hard time understanding what he's hearing, and, another quote, still has problems, some challenges with speech, unquote, following uh, his stroke that he had in May of this year. Now, also in the story, 
during quote-unquote small talk prior to the interview itself, Burns said he had a hard time understanding our conversations. The reporter also said that Fetterman did require a computer monitor during the interview to be able to read the questions she asked him. Okay. Pennsylvania. Okay, now before some of y'all just get your knickers in a twist, <clears throat> excuse me, I understand what he's going through because I myself have suffered two strokes and I managed to survive them. You know, and I'm grateful by the grace of God that it's not it could it's not as bad as it could have been. But for the first year or so that I was recovering, it was not easy. It wasn't fun. I had to walk with a cane. My balance and equilibrium was off constantly. I couldn't do things like sing. And I'm a class and I'm a classically trained vocalist. It took me at least nine months before I could sing again. That that really hurt because I had my last stroke in December. And it was just before Christmas. And I love the Christmas holidays. I love music. And it was sad. I mean, I was practically in tears when I discovered I couldn't sing my favorite Christmas music. So for anyone who says, well, you just are really mean and cruel. It's like, honey, I know what he's going through. So I'm not picking on Fetterman because of his stroke. Get that through your thick heads. Because I know there's somebody who's going to mess this up. But the fact that he's running for the United States Senate less than six months after his stroke, and he's got obvious problems. I mean, I know, I know it because I know what to look for. And the fact that you have this reporter saying that he had to have a computer monitor during the interview so he could read the questions... That is a definite telltale sign. And the cognitive problems, the speech uh, impediments and all that. I've had, I mean, I have, you know, and I'll, I'll admit it, I do have a few deficits myself. Even though it was five years ago when I had the stroke. But yeah, I still deal with things today, five years later. He's not even to the six-month mark. Because November will be six months after the stroke and the just the the pressures, the demands of being in the US Senate. I mean, good grief, look what we got in the White House. And yeah, and he's not Fetterman's not gonna have that type of help. I mean, unless he's got a whole bunch of, you know, people who are, you know, do what uh, they do for Biden, you know, say, oh, do this, do that, do this, do that. And it's like, the man has to speak for himself. And sadly, he's got trouble. And I can be empathetic and appreciate that because I sometimes have the same sort of problems. But I'm not running for the U.S. Senate. I'm actually surprised that I'm still able to do a podcast. I really am. 
I consider that nothing short of miraculous to me. I, I, I do. But for Federer and for a reporter, for a mainstream news network to say all this and what they had to do in order to get an interview with the guy, oh my gosh, that's crazy. That is absolutely crazy. I mean, even Biden, according to reports, he had lost his flashcards on live television when he was talking with CNN. <laughs> oh, excuse me. But yeah, this, this ain't fun, folks. So, Pennsylvania, you've got an interesting problem here, an interesting set of problems. But, ay, ay, ay. But I want to take a story that might not mean much, but this is indicative of how thoroughly corrupt, messed up, lying sacks of excrement are over at the Department of Homeland Security. Now, there is a story in The Blaze, uh, Glenn Beck's uh, outfit, about a bombshell email, and, and the right in the headline, bombshell email shows Department of Homeland Security knew the quote-unquote whipping story was bogus, but Mayuckas pushed a false narrative anyway. Now, if you want to reference what they're talking about, if you know the story that these Border Patrol agents who were on horseback, they were accused of whipping these Haitian migrants illegally crossing into the board, over the border into the U.S. Now, the Congressional Black Cuckoos, right on time, well, got upset about it. Kamala the Cackler got all upset about it. And in spite of the fact that the photographer who took the pictures debunked the narrative of saying, oh, well, these are horrible and we're going to go after them. It's like, even investigations, which really didn't really need to happen or go for very long, debunked the story, but Mayorkas and the regime pushed the false narrative anyway, saying that, oh, this is terrible, this is horrible, and you're racist, it's like, oh, shut up. Just shut up. I mean, when the photographer who was there, who took the pictures, said, no, there was no quote-unquote whipping of these people. I mean, they're trained on horseback. They have to go through an extensive amount of training. So do the horses. And to lie. I mean, these are liars with no conscience. Push the false narrative as long as you can. And, of course, Mayorkas is probably going to still insist that they were whipped. These immigrants, these illegal immigrants were whipped. But, nope, 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 nope. You... Facts are stubborn things, John Adams said. And with this administration and their, their incestuous relationship with the mainstream media, facts need to be even more stubborn and they are completely inconvenient to most radical leftists. One thing a radical leftist cannot stand, more than anything, is a level playing field. They can't stand it because they know 
they've got nothing to stand on, nothing to stand with, and we, we've seen the results. We still see the results every stinking day. The inflation, the messed up border, oh, the border's secure. BS, complete and utter BS. And I will call BS every time I hear anybody say that the border is secure. Or we need to be more compassionate to these people. BS again. Total BS. But yes, this is crazy. Uh, Mayorkas publicly condemned them and everything else. But in this story from The Blaze, emails obtained by the Heritage Foundation show that Marcia Espinoza, Assistant Secretary of DHS Public Affairs, emailed Mayorkas with information casting doubt on the quote-unquote whipping narrative. Specifically, Espinoza relayed a news story in which the photographer behind the infamous photos debunked the narrative. And Espinoza's email was sent on September 24, 2021. Even within Homeland Security, they knew it was they knew the story was crap, but they ran with it anyway. Go figure that one. That's that's one that just really makes me crazy. Um, oh yeah. So this is the type of people we're dealing with. Now, for a lot of you, this isn't a surprise. It really isn't. But just to let you know that yes, mm-hmm, we uh we we need to be reminded of how thoroughly messed up Joe Biden's mental midgets of cabinet members are. They are total mental midgets and as well as full-blown sociopaths and liars. Well, there's one story. But here's another one. This one is just absolutely... For, for the COVID crazies out there, here's something for you that's going to mess your mind up. Not that it isn't already messed up, but a executive with Pfizer. This is again from The Blaze. A Pfizer executive admits the COVID-19 vaccine was never tested to prevent transmission. Hello? It was never tested to prevent transmission. What were we told by Fauci, by the CDC, by the NIH? Oh, well, if you take the vaccine, you're not going to get COVID. Now, that was bull. And it has been proven to be bull on so many different occasions. Now, I'm willing to bet if you take people who got themselves all vaccinated and everything like that, you know, and they followed the Fauci model and lived in fear and they think the guy is the greatest thing since sliced bread. Yeah. And all of a sudden, you take the vaccine, you take all the boosters, and you still get COVID? I mean, my gosh, Joe Biden got it twice. He got it once, and then he got over it, and then he got it again. The same with Jill Biden. She got it, and she got it again. So, and of course, yes, oh yes, I almost forgot. Defense Secretary 
Austin with his face shield and his mask and his multiple vaccinations, and he still got it. People, did it not occur to you when all these people got all these shots and vaccines and boosters and they still caught COVID? Did this not ring a bell? Did this not make a connection? The tran- And now we have an executive from Pfizer admitting the vaccine was never tested to prevent transmission. Hello? This is crazy, and I'm just reading this story. Now, Janine Small, the president of International Development Markets for Pfizer, testified before the European Parliament's COVID-19 Committee Monday on behalf of Pfizer CEO, Dr. Albert Bourla, who himself got COVID, who, who was summoned by the committee but pulled out of his appointment. Now, later on, this uh, Ms. Small, oh, oh, wait a minute, no, I'm sorry. Uh, one of the members of the parliament was the Pfizer COVID vaccine tested on stopping the transmission of the virus before it entered the market? And it was, if not, please say it clearly. If yes, are you willing to share the data with this committee? Now, I mean, straight up, was it supposed to be doing that? And here's this small, uh, this Janine Small from Pfizer saying, regarding the question around, did we know about stopping immunization before it entered the market? No, she admitted. Okay. Follow the science? No. Follow the money. How much money did these guys at Pfizer and all these other companies, Big Pharma, how much did they make? Hmm? How much did they make? And how much are they making now? Well, in answer to the second question, when they started finding out that the vaccine around the world, not just in the United States, was not as advertised, they didn't want it. They, nope, they made all these vaccines, you know, all these dosages, and nobody wanted them because they knew it was crap. Complete and utter crap. Oh, my, 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 my. And now somebody from Pfizer actually admitted it. It wasn't supposed to stop transmission. And now, of course, we have the vaccine mandates here. Woke companies, like, you get the jab or you lose your job. You have to be wearing your mask on an airplane. Thank God that's over. That was stupid. In spite of all the things that the airlines did, upgrading their filtration systems. Oh. So yeah, now we have someone from Pfizer, an executive, admitting the vaccine doesn't stop transmission. It never did, but they rolled it out into the market anyway. Oh, it's safe and effective. Again, BS. More BS, folks. And for all you COVID crazies, did you, you know, who ran to get your shots because you thought it was going to be the magic elixir to stop you from getting sick, you got played. 
You totally got played, folks. And this is just another reason why I am so happy. I never took the jab, ever. And though some people were like, well, you should get the vaccine. I said, uh, hell no. Sorry, not going to happen. And apparently my instincts, once again, were correct. So, yeah. And the people, and I know the folks who don't keep up on news like I do. It's like, well, how do you know this? It's like, uh, hello, a Pfizer executive did. It's like, read the blaze. Read all these other great news outlets because if you're going to be stuck on CNN or MSLSD or the other mainstream media, you ain't going to get squat and you're going to be left in the dark again. But I wanted to save today the best story for last. Again, another great story from The Blaze, which you have not heard about in the mainstream media. But you'll love this. For all of you uh, school board types, the education cartel, here's a story that is pure, unadulterated gold. Because this whole CRT gender ideology crap is not going over well. And especially, <laughs> this story will tell you exactly how well it goes it's going uh and the headline outraged parents many of whom are muslim shut down michigan school board meeting over lgbtq plus books oh baby dearborn michigan wow hundreds of upset michigan parents attending a dearborn school board meeting on Monday about LGBTQ plus books erupted into boos and chanted, vote them out. The protesters, who primarily included Muslim leaders and community activists, attended the meeting to voice their opposition to ex sexually explicit books in the school district's libraries. Oops! Oh yeah, and you're worried about all these white folks? The mama bears and the papa bears? Yeah, who was the idiot in Dearborn, Michigan that has a rather large Muslim population? Who thought that this trans, uh, this gender ideology was going to be popular? It's not even, they don't even do Disney Plus in parts of the Middle East. And anytime they come up with these groomer shows, with the gender ideology. I mean, in the Middle East, it goes over like a ton of lead bricks and probably upside the heads of Disney, but they're going to push it anyway. And now, a place like Dearborn, Michigan? <laughs> and, the, and the Muslim parents, the Muslim parents were telling, were booing and vote them out. So, hello, Dearborn School Dearborn, Michigan School Board, are you going to write another letter to Merrick Garland and have these parents, community activists and others, be called domestic terrorists and they happen to be Muslim? Go for it. Absolutely go for it. This is going to be hilarious 
because whenever Dearborn, Michigan school board is up for election, this is going to be fun to watch. I mean, fun to watch. <laughs> it, yeah, and now, of course, you know, this is one of the many reasons why I believe that school board elections are especially important considering the crud they want to ram down your kids' throats. Now, there, and it's not, <laughs> the, the beautiful part about all this is that this is not just a white folks thing. This goes across all spectrums. White, black, Hispanic, Asian, Christian, Protestants, Catholics, now Muslims and Jewish folks. This is great to me because do you really, if they honestly thought that all this stuff was going to be okay in a, in a big Muslim population, <laughs> boy, were you not just wrong. You were wrong without wearing a hijab if you're a woman. To think that Muslims are going to be okay with this or they wouldn't find out about it? <laughs> I love it. So all the Karen types on that school board, all the elitist racist idiots, you just got a taste of a different flavor of pissed off. This time it's Muslims. It's not just white folks. It's not just moms and dads. It's leaders, imams. Leaders in the community, they're ticked. They let the Dearborn School District know it, and the Karens lost what's left of their minds. And I love it. And I really hope I can find something on, find a video of this on YouTube because this is beautiful. This is absolutely beautiful to me. And for all those parents there in Dearborn, keep going. Vote them out. Boo, hiss, jeer them. Now, don't get crazy. Don't, don't really get crazy. But let them know that you're not, t you're not pleased. You And you don't have to get violent or crazy or anything like that. But still, let them know how much. And, and I would love to have seen the faces. Because some of these school board members, I don't believe are Muslim. <laughs> Talk about cultural faux pas. Oh, baby. Gotta love it. Absolutely gotta love it. Ah, but my friends, I'm afraid we're out of time for the day as I'm looking at the clock on the wall. Just want to say thank you so much again for listening. You can find In Black and Right, the po audio podcast, on all podcast platforms. All you got to do is find your favorite one. Look for In Black and Right. Please follow us and uh, subscribe, and you'll be notified every time we put a new episode up. And I look forward to hearing from you. Now, we are also on social media. We're on Getter. We are on Instagram, uh, Parlor, Truth Social, True Patriot Network, and a few others. So we are working hard. Um, we're starting to finish up our inaugural year. And we've had a great one. And I'm looking forward to 2023 to even greater things. 
So, my friends, take care, God bless, and remember, patriots come in all colors.